0: In every country, trees. You know we can work together and learn what we need to meet the challenge. Traditional skills and modern techniques. Whatever language you speak, you have a world to offer. Every day, climb with the ISA. Welcome to the ISA Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture and is brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. This podcast series offers full-length educational talks by the world's top researchers, educators, and practitioners, helping to keep you up-to-date with developments in the arboricultural industry. Today's talk is by Sarah Sankovich who is a system arborist with the Utility Services Corporation. She's going to be presenting on a three-year vegetation management program designed to aid storm resiliency to the company's overhead power lines. This talk was originally presented at the 2015 ISA International Conference in Orlando, Florida.
1: everyone. Yeah, so today I'll be talking about um, our storm resiliency program at Unitil. So I'll start off a little bit about an overview of Unitil and um, our vegetation management program there before I go into the results so that you can kind of understand uh, what we're up to. So as an overview, um, this is where my utility is located in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. It's very small. Um, It is an investor-owned utility, but it only serves about 100,000 customers. And uh, we have three non-contiguous areas of electric um, overhead in the blue there. We do have a typical um, cycle pruning program that's a five-year cycle, and we uh, prune by circuit. We also have some um, components to my vegetation management program that include hazard tree mitigation, forestry reliability work, and what we call core work. So I look at it as having the base um, cycle work, and then I have some components which allow me to do some reactive work um, for reliability concerns that come up and some of that optimization um, piece. And then the core work of our customer requests and uh, hotspot and emergency work. So even with um, that program, which I implemented in uh, 2011, UNITIL saw a lot of damage from some increasing storms. We had a lot of storm activity over the years. So here's a list of uh, a few of the storms that we've seen over the years. And uh, because of this, we had some public outcry people got really upset about losing their power frequently and uh, they pretty much blamed utility. And a lot of this is due to the customer changing expectations. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago where people thought, eh, it's not so bad to be without power for a couple of days. And now with the world of internet and um, everything from your TV to your coffee maker and all those things are online, um, a 24 hour power outage is a big problem. So it drives some extreme behavior in the communities, and uh, we had some regulatory influences that said you need to think about doing something to keep your reliability. So the the company took a look at a couple of options um, from storm hardening perspective, and they kept coming back to the tree aspect of it, and they decided that Um, They wanted to spend the money doing some additional tree work, so I put together about four different options of tree work plans, and we settled on what we call the Storm Resiliency Program. And I would like to highlight that I call this a companion program to my vegetation management program because it really is completely separate, and when you get into the regulatory arena, um, I like to stress that it's separate because we do a much different um, risk tree assessment and we do a much different uh, pruning and setup for this program. So I don't want it to get mixed up with our everyday work and I want it to be looked at as completely separate. We have chosen to view this on select circuits only based on a lot of that big data that we heard about before. We looked at a number of different factors, which included uh, historical reliability performance, um, tree cover, density, uh, customer served, um, events per mile in the past, and then we did a field review, obviously, just to uh, see how feasible it is to put all that in. We also did eliminate areas that were scenic road or had a lot of restrictions that we just knew it would be not feasible to do something of this uh, magnitude. Um, So we do ground-to-sky clearing on our portions of the circuit that are critical. And we do intensive tree risk assessment and removal. And uh, I've gotten a lot of regulatory questions. Well, what does intensive mean? So I usually set some boundaries. For our normal uh, circuit pruning, we'll do maybe five to ten tree removals a mile. For our hazard tree removal program, we may do up to 20 removals per mile. For this storm resiliency program, we do as much as 100 tree removals per mile. So that's that's the magnitude of what intensive means for us. So we started in the planning phase, and we really wanted to make this a cooperative um, experience between the utility and the municipalities that we were serving, because they were the people that were really upset about losing power. So we started by planning, and we took a couple of um, circuits in an area that had historically poor reliability and high tree density. And I started looking, okay, well, here's our substations, and here's the critical portions out of the substation, what we would call lockout um, portions, and then um, over 500 customers served. Um, And then we started looking at things like What's on those lines? That's important from a municipality um, perspective. We looked at three different categories of that, and we sort of got those from the DOE ICE report that John um, Goodfellow had alluded to. We call them life safety, lifeline, and community resources. So life safety are the police, fire, hospitals, shelters, wastewater treatment plants, Lifeline resources are the food, communication, transportation, and community resources are like your town halls, senior centers, schools, maybe multiple family housing units, things like that. Um, So what we wanted to do was if we got hit with a major storm, the goal was to have these critical portions up and running as quickly as possible so that panic didn't set in, that people would have a place to go to for a shelter, for some food, for gas for their generators, so that while they may be out for multiple days, these sections would be able to be restored um, 24 to 48 hours into the event. So after we did all the planning, we got on to the implementation phase, and the first thing I did was create extensive customer outreach materials, and we wanted to make it very clear what was going to be happening So in this uh, picture here, we've got a whole tree here. That tree is gone. It's very clear that there are no limbs in that area. We used cartoon pictures like this um, as our branding to make it very simple to see what was going on um, when you look down the area. And then um, we made a, a concerted effort to bring in machinery that did the least amount of impact to the surrounding area. So we did a lot of crane work where possible because we really wanted to leave the area um, as nice as possible. So we did a lot of removals with minimal impact um, to some of those areas. So we'll get into some of the results here. Does anybody have any questions about the actual program before we get into the results? All right, yes.
2: Uh, as far as your trees, did you write scope for each of the projects or is this a standing scope
1: as far as tree species, tree condition? We wrote um, an overall strategy for the program and then in each individual circuit has its own scope and its own direction. So like the schools and all those things were mapped out individually for each circuit, and we wrote a plan specific to that circuit in that area. But the overall scope says that we are integrating municipal needs with utility needs for critical sections. But
0: no specifics on
1: tree species or effect? We do have that. So as part of my regular program, I, I had developed a risk tree assessment protocol. And so, as part of that, we expanded that into the SRP program. So our normal protocol um, follows sort of the hazard tree assessment um, with different actionable levels and different species targeted and um, things like that. We have a whole manual on it and a specification. And so we expanded that to... Um, look at the SRP, so we basically action on more of the trees than we would on our normal program. So we assume less risk. So we look at something and it maybe has a defect, and on our normal program we would say that defect is not severe enough to do something, but under our SRP program we say that defect would become actionable. Okay, so the results, um, here's our first year. This is one of the rows that we worked on, it's um, in, in New Hampshire, and this is what it looked like before a lot of canopy overhang. This is one year after. So you can see that we took down a lot of trees. It's much, much, you know, thinner canopy here. The exposure is a lot less, um, and we do have ground to sky in most areas. However, the character of of the road uh, remained so it was a big impact to the people that lived along that road They saw hundreds of trees come down But if you never drove down this road before you would still drive down this road and say oh isn't it a nice road So that was our goal So here is three years later. I took this picture just before um, I came here So you can see that we have had some some regrowth back in and it sort of filled in a little bit um, But it still looks fairly good uh, three years later after doing the program. So we're going to continue to monitor this and see if there's some sort of a cycle that needs to be implemented um, as far as, you know, looking at the storm resiliency sections. We also took some aerial um, imagery to study the differences. Um, So here's immediately after we did the work. This is the same section of line as it is here. We had a little bit of trouble with the aerial imagery because you're flying the exact same line. However, slight height and angle differences makes a real uh, difference when you're looking at the pictures in the video side by side. So here's another um, shot where it's the exact same area. This is the same tree you know, before and after. You can see that we reduced the exposure dramatically on the line. So during our first um, year of the Storm Resiliency Program, we had a really unique situation happen. Um, We had Hurricane Sandy come right up the coast and uh, hit New Hampshire while we were doing the work. So we actually had one circuit that was almost 100% complete um, and two other circuits that were in the process of being worked. So as soon as Hurricane Sandy hit, I drove right out there. I wanted to know which trees fell down and if we had marked the right trees. So this is what I found out. On the circuit that was almost complete, we did not have a circuit lockout. The power stayed on to to certain portions of that circuit. We did have one tree failure in the resiliency portion, so it was an area where we were doing work, but it was beyond the lockout portion. And that tree was actually um, one that was a customer refusal that we were still in negotiations with the customer on. And right after we had that event, the customer consented to removing it, so. <laughs> um, it's too bad we, uh, we couldn't have got that beforehand. But um, on one of the circuits, we had just, um, just started. So all of the trees were marked, it was 100% marked, but we hadn't started removing the trees yet. And that circuit locked out. Um, we had a duration about almost 24 hours on that circuit. And we had two tree failures. Um, that had had been marked. So one of them is here, a tree on the sideline. The bottom of it here, our little white paint mark. Um, So had we gotten there before the storm, that tree would have been gone. It wouldn't have caused a lockout. So that was really interesting to me. It meant that we were marking the right trees. um, And we actually used it quite a bit in our analysis as well. So here's a specific circuit view, and uh, after we did the program I looked at a cost-benefit analysis of doing this work to decide whether or not we wanted to continue it. So Sandy helped out a little bit. This is the entire circuit that we worked. We actually only worked a certain portion of it. We worked some of this orange section here and here. All of the blue little trees in here are tree-related events that happened on that circuit. This little gray one is the one tree-related event that happened because the customer refused um, the removal and a limb fell off of it and we ended up getting it down. So this section, all of these customers here went out, but it didn't go back to the substation and open up the the breaker in the substation. So we managed to avoid a complete lockout. However, we did have a a portion of our SRP circuit that was out. But I decided to look and say, well, let's look at mileage-wise. We had one event on 5.4 miles of SRP circuit area that we did. And everywhere else on the circuit um, is 25 miles. And we had 18 events. So that means we had about 0.7 events per mile on all the rest of this area. And if you take 0.7 events per mile on the five miles of area that we actually did, Theoretically, you would have seen three events happen on that circuit, if you're looking at it statistically. Um, And we only had one small event that was a a refusal, so we technically avoided two possible events on that circuit. So it kind of gave me an idea of how well are we doing. Um, The other thing we saw was that we had a huge customer outpouring after Sandy came through. Tons of people wrote comments on Twitter or emailed us or our Facebook page, and these are only a couple of them. Um, You know, they said, thank you so much for the tree removal. This one here, this lady, has lived there for many years, and um, this was the first time ever their power remained on. So those kinds of things make you realize that people are looking at it, and this is something that they did want. And that's that untangible thing that is hard to quantify. It's the customer uh, response to what you're doing. Even if you don't avoid that many outages, the perception that you're doing something to do it goes a long way, and that is very hard to quantify. So uh, we used all that information um, to get approval to do this work for multiple years. I used um, the DOE ice study in order to help me get some approval for that, the one that John was talking about, and actually at the break I went down and pulled my numbers because I wanted people to realize how valuable the study could be. So in New Hampshire, we only serve 75,000 customers, but when I plugged in our customers from residential um, to industrial customers, I actually found that the cost to our customers just on our system annually is $67 million so if we have one major storm event and all the typical storm events that you have during a year our customers are losing 67 million dollars because of it and so my program costs 1.4 million dollars to implement but customers in general are saving potentially 67 million dollars so i use that a lot in my justification when it came down to costs of Avoiding outages on the system and cost of having crews there and cost of mobilizing people that only came out to a savings of about $100,000 for a 1.4 million dollar project So that doesn't quite add up, but when you add in the cost of the outages for your customers You start to see the benefit of it. So that was really helpful So we did we did get approval to do some more work so this is um, the work that we've done over the years in New Hampshire and in Massachusetts in 2014, as part of our regulatory case, I got approval to do this program in Massachusetts as well. So we started off with a pilot of about 15 miles and then graduated to about 30 miles a year. And it's ongoing for another year this year as well in both states. And uh, so when you talk about the magnitude of, of work that we're doing, we're really reducing exposure can see how many removals we're taking out, and the average of removals per mile. So here's another look at a different circuit um, a little farther north in New Hampshire. This is a a very tree-lined, scenic-type road in New Hampshire, what you would picture driving down on a nice fall day. And this is the before, and this is one year after. I apologize, the perspective's a little off. It's hard to remember exactly where you stood last year. <laughs> I'll have to bring the picture with me next time. But um, this is the same exact pole, um, and so we removed all of the overhang in here. And remember this picture here, because I'm going to be showing a video in a storm of this exact location. So we had lots of overhang canopy there and uh, on this road. So. As fate would have it, we had another test of our SRP program last year. Uh, we had a really heavy, wet snow, and it happened the evening before Thanksgiving Day, of course. All major storms come on a holiday when people want to have their power on and all their families over. So we had 76% of our customers without power Thanksgiving morning. Um, it was it was pretty rough. Uh, we had a lot of people away on vacation, and it was kind of an operational nightmare. But uh, I started thinking about the potential for damage the night before and I set up to have some high definition video capture in the morning as soon as the sun came out so we could see what kind of damage um, occurred on our lines and I wanted to look at damage that occurred on our regular work lines, on lines that needed pruning, that were in the last year of their cycle, and then the lines that were undergoing SRP. So we created a video that we shared to our regulators. And I urge everyone to get their media groups involved because I've had a hard time talking to our regulators and really explaining what we do. I even set up a field trip for them to come out, look at it, and I had no one show up. I rented a you know 16-passenger van, zero people. Um, but I made this video and all of a sudden I got all kinds of calls about it. Everyone looked at it and they saw it. So you know, getting involved in technology and having your media group help out is fantastic. We also are making a customer um, video that we use as part of our um, notification process and and process for getting permission and consent, which has been very valuable as well. So I will um, show you the video now, and this is the link to it. Um, So you can find it on UNITIL's YouTube page.
2: Footage in this video was captured during the restoration event following heavy snow on Wednesday, November 27, 2014, and Thursday, November 28, 2014, in Unit Hill's Capital Service Area in New Hampshire. This video documents our Storm Resiliency Program, or SRP, which is a companion to the normal vegetation management program of cycle pruning, which aims to reduce tree damage on critical portions of a circuit, proactively managing storm damage. The road we are traveling on in this video shows a circuit in the last year of the five-year pruning cycle. The road is due for pruning this year in 2015. This road is adjacent to roads that underwent storm resiliency pruning. Because of its proximity to an SRP circuit, it has a similar suburban environment and associated tree density, making it a good example of the difference between a circuit that is due for pruning and a circuit that has already undergone resiliency pruning. Here we see heavy regrowth. Regrowth is common for a circuit that is in its last year of its cycle. Under normal operation, less than 10% of the branches should come into contact with the phases and should not cause a problem. Take a look at the overhead electric wires here. The electric wires are on the very top of the pole. As you view the footage, keep in mind that branches under the wires and to the side of the wires don't cause electric outages. Here we see branches resting on the phases due to the excessive, heavy, wet snow. As you can see here, the phases are pushed down. This causes a fault and power is interrupted. Here is a limb that is broken and resting on the phases. This type of damage is typical of a wet snowstorm and was seen on many service lines following the 2014 Thanksgiving snowstorm. This road is in the middle of the five-year pruning cycle and was last pruned in 2013. This illustrates the difference between a recently pruned area and one that has not yet undergone more extensive work as part of our resiliency program. In this frame, even though the pruning was recently done and good clearance was obtained, there is still a threat of damage in a storm event. Look at the remaining overhang here. If a big storm event took place, these branches could break and fall onto the lines below. Regular cycle pruning does not alleviate all of the risk. The footage from this video shows a line that underwent storm resiliency program work in 2013. This work is in addition to ongoing pruning that occurs during the normal maintenance cycle. The goal of the resiliency work is to preserve utility and municipal critical infrastructure, incur less damage in a storm, and get critical facilities up and functioning in less time following a storm. The SRP areas you see pruned here in Bow serve 2,003 customers and 8 life safety, lifeline, and community resources. As you come down the hill here, you have a good view of the clearance delivered by the SRP program. During SRP planning, our goal is to identify and remove both the overhang and the many risk trees that could fall and make contact with the lines. As you can see here, the tree exposure on the line is reduced. This area used to have the same tree density that still exists across the street. We removed a row of pines in order to clear the overhang and eliminate exposure, as you can see in this image. If we had not removed those trees, the heavy overhang drooping would cause breakage, possibly contacting the lines and causing an outage. Unitil does not remove trees without customer consent. At the same time, we take customer safety and satisfaction seriously, and we communicate the benefits of the damage control programs with our customers. Part of our job is to educate our customers on the hazards that occur as a result of a storm and how Unitil can minimize the damage using programs like SRP. Our first step is talking with our customers to understand their concerns. Sometimes we're not permitted to perform desired work because customers do not give their consent. In cases like this, we must do our best to work within the given limitations. In this location, the customer refused the removal of a tree in their front yard, even after being offered replacement trees, which is why it remains so close to the lines. Refusal to remove trees have a critical impact. One tree refusal that fails in a critical zone can cause an outage affecting every customer served on that line. Fortunately, refusals are a minority, and they do not deter all the other safety work completed on a line. Once again, here you can see the images of Robinson Road without SRP. Take a look at the overhang limb damage and heavy tree exposure to the electric lines at the top of the screen. Here we turn the corner. You can immediately see the difference in this area once the overhang has been removed. What used to look like that now looks like this. Unitil removed 2,271 whole trees, over 32.3 miles of line in the service area during the 2013 SRP work. This is where the lines come out of the substation and run along Bobog Road. You can see how the tree overhang and exposure were removed, but there are still trees present. The overall character of the road remains. So why don't we remove the overhang on all our lines while cycle pruning is done? It is very difficult and costly to get SRP clearance on all lines. And for that reason, we balance the public safety, impact to customers, costs, and aesthetic impacts, and choose only the critical sections of the major lines, like those that serve life safety resources like police and fire stations, hospitals and shelters, or community resources like schools, transportation, food, and gas stations. The remaining 4.1 miles of line on Bobob Road looks similar to this. During this storm event, there were no occurrences of trees or limbs coming into contact with the lines on the portion of the road that underwent SRP. This video captures evidence that the SRP program does provide a substantial benefit to the service area. It's important to note that the Storm Resiliency Program may not be the solution for damage caused by all storms. In the event of a massive ice storm, tornado, or other catastrophic event, tree damage is inevitable. Our intent in using the SRP is to be able to prevent tree damage and to restore power more quickly than in areas without a program in place.
1: Um, we got really good response from that. The regulators actually watched it and um, got a lot of good questions and good feedback. So um, I just have a quick few more things here before I'm finished, but um, I wanted to give you some reliability results on our system level. So it is a very small amount of circuitry that's being done with SRP. It only equates to about 5.6% of the system through 2004. So after you know three years of this work, we've only done 5% of our system but I do believe that it makes a difference. So here's, here's uh, what we did in 2012. The dotted line represents the year that work occurred. So we, most of the work planning happens mid-year, and at, towards the end of the year, we remove the trees, but you do get some benefit in the year it was worked. And so after we did the work, we saw a dramatic um, drop in the number of customers interrupted uh, by year, and these um, bar graphs here are the number of incidents. So not only did we have you know, less customers in interrupted, but we had a reduction in incidents as well. And this is, this is for the whole entire circuit. It's not just for the portion we worked on. So even though we only did a small portion of the circuit, it has a larger circuit effect as well. But that, that could be why some of the interruption numbers are still high, because we're still having small interruptions out on our you know, other portions of the circuit. We're just not having the big interruptions that are taking out a lot of people. This is the um, circuits we did in 2013. This is the year worked, and this is what happened after. So we've got two years of data. Also, I forgot to mention that 2015 is a projection. It took six months of actual data, and then um, statistics from a five-year look back to project the next six months. And this is the one we did in 2014. This is the year worked, and this is what it looked like after. And if you look at um, just the overhead miles and the outages per mile, um, you can see that we had a drop in outages per overhead mile um, by, by doing the work as well. So these are the SRP circuits and these are all the other circuits. So you can see that there's a, a large increase um, you know, when you look at the other circuits that happen. So even though you're only doing a small portion of a circuit, it really does have a big effect on your overall reliability for those areas worked. And this is the same thing for the uh, other two circuits in 2012 and 2013. They both had similar results as well. So we basically said it was a success and um, we measured success by looking at customer acceptance of work and having some positive results in a storm and that we uh, expect to continue those results. So we, we do think that they're a success. I did do a cost benefit analysis paper um, write up on this which is a whole nother topic But if anyone else is interested on how we justifying the cost of any of this um, I'd be happy to have, talk to anyone Do you have any questions quickly? It was all O&M um, We did not capitalize any of it, but I did I um, Propose it to the regulatory agencies before we did work so we had immediate cost recovery um, in the following year, which made it possible to do under O&M without having a real hit to the company. We didn't have to wait for a rate case. So we had um, a vegetation management um, process where they could recover immediately for the work. Um, what was the first part of your question again? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes.
2: Did, you, did
1: your company also harden any of the while they were the vegetation? Um, the company decided not to do any additional um, hardening as far as replacement of equipment or anything like that. They do have a pretty good inspection program and things like that. Um, so there were some reclosers installed and things like that, which when I show the reliability graphs, it doesn't really take into account the fact that there could have been um, a few other line type operations that are happening. But on the most part, there were already reclosures and things in place and the the majority of the work was just vegetation management.
0: One or two more questions. Sarah, for the most part, did you stay within the road easement or did you have to acquire um, additional easements on private property and what are you gonna do with the additional area if you aren't on road with that in the future? Are you gonna continue to manage to that extent?
1: Yeah, so we went way off of our road right of We went as far as we needed to in, you know, if we had a 30, um, f- you know, five-foot pole or whatever, and we had 60-foot tree, we would go out as far as we needed and assess all those trees. So we very frequently took down trees on private property. And so it was a big customer um, education and support to get all of those customers to agree to let us remove their private trees And so we did a lot of stump grinding and replacement trees, things that we normally don't do on our regular program, which is another reason why I call this a companion program and and keep it completely separate. Um, But we did work with energy-saving trees uh, through Arbor Day Foundation to do replacements, and we replaced about um, 400 trees along those miles, so customers got a number of trees that they were able to replant.
0: are you going to continue to manage to that extent where you've widened your right-of-way width?
1: Yes, we are going to continue to manage to that. So as the work goes out to um, be bid for regular cycle pruning, we are going to continue to keep the ground to sky where we've gotten it. Um, As far as doing that level of hazard tree removal, I don't know what the correct cycle for that is yet, but we continue to monitor, and I'm looking at doing some more you know, video footage or monitoring to sort of see what that cycle um, should really be for that level of hazard tree again to keep it at the same state. So I'm hoping it's something like 10 years uh, that we don't have to come back, but I, that's something we'll be um, continuing to monitor.
0: One more. Yeah, Sarah, who identified the trees for removal?
1: We um, contracted uh, through, you know, a, a service to do that. So we spent like a week pretty much just training the people that were going to be identifying the hazard trees because that really is the key point of it, to make sure you get the right trees. So we spent about a week training as to what we wanted, and it really is a mindset adjustment because we were looking at removing a lot of trees that you normally might walk by. And I think at some point, you know, when you talk about the tree risk, you know, the level of risk for the cost, we've sort of surpassed that level of risk for cost. I wouldn't do this on a normal program um, because I think it is very costly and maybe the results we get from it don't quite equal those costs at some times, but when it comes down to a storm and people's perception of you're doing something, I think you get those costs back. So it's managing to your expectations of your customers and what they want, even if it may be slightly unreasonable, you know if that's what they're driving you for then you say this is the cost you can take it or leave it so we end up you know going forward
0: all right thank you sarah thank you this concludes sarah sankovich's presentation on a 3 year storm resiliency vegetation management program to learn more about pruning for better storm resiliency, you can find additional materials at the ISA web store including the best management practices for utility pruning of trees and the best management practices for integrated vegetation management. If you'd like to receive CEUs for listening to today's lecture, uh, you can visit the ISA online store and select online CEU quizzes. Thank you for listening to this podcast which was brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company caring for America's trees since 1907 remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of science of arboriculture trees in every country trees you know we can work together and learn what we challenge traditional skills and modern techniques whatever language you speak you have a world to offer every day climb with the isa